back to the Boneyard Podcast, everybody. This is your host, Artemis Brower, with Jared Shaffin. How's it going, everybody? Doing, doing good. Jared, how you doing, man? How we doing? How we, how we doing on this episode 55? I, I'm doing good, man. Episode 55. Let me think here. Uh, we, how got about, a, we got a player? How about a one no, 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 the Kimbe Mutombo. Kimbe Mutombo. How's that? Uh, I like that. That's a good uh, one. That's a lot, that's a lot better than uh, Teddy Bruski. Another Last one. Last week, another one I was thinking of was uh, Junior Seau, number fifty-five. Ooh. Yeah, we, we got you, some, you going. You going for Hall of Fame status? We, we got some, we got some good ones at number fifty-five. That's a good, that's man. A good fifty-fives. Um, Absolutely. But yeah, it, man, I'm good. I'm like I said, uh, like I told you before we were started recording. I'm at the beach. Um, I'm here. I was here all weekend. Here all next week. Gonna be here all next weekend. So if you're if you're wondering why my audio isn't as good as it usually is, it's probably because I'm using my headphones and not an actual mic. So I apologize for that. But hey, that's why we're the premier podcast of ECU. <laughs> Even with bad audio, we still the premier podcast. Hell yeah, we of are. ECU. Hey, and unlike other media outlets, we don't have our Twitter banned on 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 Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. We 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 if we get a little bit more reckless, we might get banned from from some spots, but that's okay. Not for copyright we laws. We don't, yeah, we don't we don't need them anyway. So fuck it. But this is kind of a weird episode, Jared. This is uh, you know, outside of ECU baseball, we don't have too too much to talk about. I feel like this is more of a shout out episode than it is like an informational episode. Uh, got a lot of people that we want to shout out. Got a few teams. At ECU, we want to shout out first of those being uh, we didn't mention this last week. I was I was supposed to mention it last week. I forgot. Already forgetting the, something. Go figure. Yeah, you know that's that's a classic classic Artie thing to do. But anyway, ECU cheerleading they won the Natty. I don't know if many people know about that or heard about that, but our cheerleading yeah. team they did go down. I don't know where they went. I'm not gonna be on. I'm, I'm be honest I, I with you. I think it's in Florida. Yeah, I, I wanted to say Florida. I just don't know where in Florida. Maybe Orlando. I think that's where they have the nationals cheerleading uh competition down in orlando um but they did come home with the trophy they came home with the national championship we have the best cheerleading team in the nation so i wanted to shout out them and give them a little love because i know a lot of other podcasts and people probably won't do that uh and not a lot of people talk about cheerleading in general so and it is a sport let's let's not kid around that's that's something that me and jared cannot do on a good day so definitely want to shout them out and uh congrats on them on them winning the national championship and we have another uh, team, our women's golf. Um, Jared, explain that. Explain that to the people. Did they win the conference championship? Was no, this one? No. So the women's golf finished number three in the conference. Okay. I, know, I think I think Tulsa may have won the whole thing. Um, but I, I'm gonna butcher this name, Artie. I'm gonna. <laughs> you always do. She from Oslo, Norway. Dorothea Frobrigd. I can't. I don't know. Frobrig, she she's a senior golfer at ECU. Uh, I want to give a shout out to her. Congratulations, Dorothea, on winning the American Athletic Conference Women's Individual Championship. So, I think that she'll get that. she'll get to go on and play in a in a women's amateur event. So who knows? Um, hopefully, that'll get her started on her pro golf career. Um, that's that's awesome to see all that happening. Right. Uh, men's is still going on, but to see a, somebody from EC win something, we're, we're always proud to see that. Absolutely, and I know those 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 ladies they don't really get a lot of the recognition that they deserve. Um, but this is not a podcast 
that, you know, only talks about football and basketball and baseball. We want to shout out everybody. If you're succeeding and if you're representing the university in the right way, we want to shout you out and give you your props and give you your credit. So absolutely congrats to her and congrats to the whole team finishing third. And uh, hopefully our men's uh, team can get on par with them. Oh, I see, I see the pun you see, there. You see, you see, see what the I did there? Yeah. Uh, we did reach out to try to get uh, Dorothea on the podcast. We were told, hey, no, uh, no student athletes can do interviews. So we'll get that. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll make it happen eventually. Um, yeah, you know, but hey, that, that's policy. We're right. still we're still learning this stuff, but we just to let y'all know, we tried to get Dorothea on. Uh, I'm sure other podcasts and other outlets probably haven't done that. I well, and also like I feel like this is kind of like our intermission, right? Because we have a long stretch of like interviews back to back to back to back to back. Probably maybe 20, 25 episodes straight where we had a, you know an interview, maybe even more than that. And so I feel like you know things have cooled down a little bit. You know, baseball is really the only big big thing going on. Um, but the interviews are going to be coming back. We're going to get people on. Do not worry about that. Once everything revs back up. And uh, it's not, it's not like, see, we don't want to just do small interviews. Right. Mm-hmm. Artie, you and I, we've talked about this. When we, when we go for an interview, we go after the big dogs. We're not exactly. just interviewing some coach from some no name school out, out in, I don't know, BFE somewhere in Tennessee or whatever, we're not interviewing some small coach. If we're going to talk to somebody, we're going to talk to somebody noteworthy, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Now we'll do smaller interviews, but we want to do the big interviews and we're, we're working towards those. And we've had a, several that have kind of, uh, we're, we're still just trying to nail them down on, on the schedule and they're coming, they're coming up. They're going to, we're going to get them. Like I told Artie, there's one that we're working on. That's going to be our biggest to date. Mm-hmm. And we are so close. I mean, I'm talking to the guy. It's just trying to get it figured out right. with, our, with our schedules. And he's definitely down to come on, and I cannot wait. Because we're going to get him. Like like you said, we're, we're absolutely going to get him. And when we do, the people are going to go bonkers. So I cannot wait for and, that. And to my knowledge, I don't know if he's ever really – I mean, he, I'm sure he has at some point. But I don't think he's ever gone on anywhere mm-hmm. in any media outlet for ECU. And I mean, he's he's an ECU great, right? I mean, when I talk about like, ECU legend, we're, we're talking th- about Mount Rushmore status. That's that's what he is when it comes to ECU. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, and the fact that I mean, we've had a lengthy conversation with him. It that that's huge for us, and mm-hmm. um, we we weren't going to talk that much about our interviews on this podcast, but uh, <laughs> we kind of got off the rails there. But yeah, we're. Guys, we're working towards some big things here on the Boneyard Podcast. And, of course, we don't we, – this isn't our – we've said this before. This isn't our daily job. I, I mean, already now we both work nine to five, and it's hard to get – especially some of the, the coaches or members of the athletic department on the show when, when we work those schedules. But we're going to make it happen sometime soon. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm not worried about that at all. But – Switching gears a little bit, getting back on track. Let's switch it over to some ECU baseball. Let's talk about that for a little bit. We split the series with Central Florida. Um, I know Cliff Godwin had some interesting comments about needing a loss. I know a lot of players and fans and the media out there, you know, kind of hyping this team up maybe a little too, too much. Jerry, let's let's talk about that a little bit. How do you feel about the series with UCF and ECU baseball going forward? 
Well, we, I mean, Artie, we kind of called it um, when we recorded last week. On, I think it was Monday night. We both said that this could be a weekend where we see a loss. Um, we, we thought that the players might come out and be rusty, and they did. Um, outside of game number one where, where they, I mean, they had to scratch and claw for a win there. Um, Gavin Williams, I got to give a shout-out to him. Another game with uh, double-digit strikeouts, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, so Gavin Williams, lights out. He is showing that he is a top-round draft pick. Maybe not first round, but he, he's going to go early in the MLB draft. Uh, when it, I, I think it's in June. Um, so yeah, he's going to go early. I think he he's gonna he's gonna go on. But there was questions around him coming into the season. Was he was he going to be a reliever? Was he going to be a starter? He solidified that he can start. Um, now, where do uh, major league programs see him? I, I hope that they see him as a starter as well. But, yeah, I, I think he, he was the one bright spot this weekend, Artie. Um, we, like you said, we, we dropped a game to UCF, split the doubleheader on Friday. Mm-hmm. After that game, uh, Coach Godwin, he, this, this is a direct quote. He said it was probably good for us to lose a game because everybody – Fans, media, and some of our players think we're invincible. Artie, when he says that, I, I think that goes to show that you can't look over, over anybody in baseball. Nope. Ever. Any given Sunday. We all, we, all, we all know the old saying, any given Sunday you can lose to any given team. So Yeah. So, and, and let's not forget, UCF is still a good team. They were ranked or close to being ranked in all preseason polls. Um, started out off kind of slow, but have started to pick it up. Um, I, I think that had ECU played last weekend, I think that the, there might not have been as much rust. They did scrimmage twice last weekend. They scrimmaged once on Friday in Houston, and then they scrimmaged at home on Sunday mm-hmm. inside of Clark LeClaire. And Coach Godwin said the scrimmage Sunday was the best scrimmage they've had all year. Right. So. Um, that that's good to see, but you want you want to see wins and you want to see, um, you you want to see series wins. But luckily, we still haven't lost a series in conference play. I believe in like two or three years. But we we said it. We said that that it w- wasn't a given that we were going to sweep or quote unquote mop the series. Um, I'm surprised I didn't get any uh, flack for that on Twitter. I am too. I am too. <laughs> to be honest with you, uh, I was I still hoping, don't. I still don't like it. I, I, I really don't. I, I was hoping you would, but um, anyways, yeah. I mean, it, it hurt. I mean, our our starting rotation could have been better. Mm-hmm. I believe we hit 13 batters this weekend. One guy on UCF got hit four times in a game in the game on Saturday. Mm. So, I don't know who it was, but he's been hit 13, 13 or 14 times. Maybe maybe I'm thinking of that wrong. I think he's been hit 18 times on this the season. season. Uh, yeah. Jesus. And, who did he piss off? Yeah, uh, yeah, the baseball gods. Um, but yeah, Cliff Godwin got ejected Saturday. Um, that's always good to see when, when the coach is uh, standing up for his team, standing up for his players, mm-hmm. um, get thrown out for arguing balls and strikes. Um, but, yeah – You'd like to see a series win. I think a series split. You can't. You can't lose a series right now. 
um, to any team in, in the conference. You got you got to at least win a series or split it. Um, I'll I'll take it, but we need to come out hot next weekend against Wichita State. And look, Godwin knows what he's doing, right? You know, he he knows how good this team is, and usually when you have a team this good, they get complacent. They can get a little lazy. They might try to take games off. They might try to, you know, underestimate a certain team. And so he's really just trying to keep the fire under these guys' belts. That's really what he's trying to do. He's trying to make sure they're still hungry. He's still trying to, like, even if they're not underdogs, he's trying to instill that underdog mentality into everyone in that, in that, in that clubhouse. And so Godwin knows what he's doing. He got ejected for a reason. It was all calculated. It's all planned. And I love, you know, when I see good coaches to great coaches – I love seeing what they do because everything is calculated. It's like, a, it's like a chess match. You know, they do certain things to keep their team motivated and to keep them on point and to keep them inspired to go out. Because this is about something bigger than a conference championship. It's about making it to Omaha and possibly winning a national championship. So it's, it's keeping that fire instilled in everyone in that clubhouse. So love to see that from Godwin. I know we split the series. I think we'll be all right. Looking forward to Wichita State, though. That's a that's a sneaky team. They're twenty and fifteen, eight and seven in conference. How do you feel about going to Wichita State or playing Wichita State next week? Wichita State is a uh, sneaky good team. They've always been good. They have that. Uh, they've always kind of been a baseball school, um, even though a lot of people know them for their basketball. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that ECU knows that now they've got to go in and they, they're going to have that chip on their shoulder because they're probably going to fall in the rankings this week. Let's not get too bent out of shape out over that. Hopefully they don't fall too far. I'm thinking they'll be at 10 or 11 this week. Um, hopefully, Once again, hopefully the voters think of, oh, well, there's been several top 10 teams that have split weekend series. So hopefully the voters are thinking that way when it comes to ECU mm-hmm. um, with, with the vote or with the polls this week. Um, but you got to come out, and I think ECU will fare pretty pretty well. Hopefully Carson Wisenhut will be back. Um, I mean, dude's been a stud this year. Yeah. Got to. I got to think that he's. Uh, I, I got to think that he he's itching to get back. He he was held out with a uh, some, uh, I believe some uh, shoulder or arm uh, issues, but hopefully it's nothing too serious, and he'll be able to go next weekend. And I, I think if if he, I think if he pitched today. ECU would have had a better shot to win. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, outside of Gavin Williams, none of our pitchers made it past the third inning. And you, you need you need pitchers to go deep, especially in a four-game series, c- to save that bullpen a little bit. And I agree. I, I, I absolutely agree. And, and, and like we said earlier, I think this team is just fine. Uh, I don't really see any terrible rust or anything that's too alarming. Um, I, I think we'll be fine. I think we're going to get in a sweep against Wichita State would be great uh, next week because they are a team that's 2015. I know they're sneaky good, but they're still a team that we should be able to take care of, take care of our business. If we're really trying to improve in the polls and trying to show the nation who we are as a baseball club, sweeping them next week would really kind of boost confidence and boost ourselves back up to the polls where we want to be. Um, but getting off baseball a little bit, switching gears, we did have – the unofficial, and I'll put that in air quotes, unofficial spring game this past weekend. Neither one of us were able to make it. I was going to try to get there on Saturday, but I got a little too inebriated on Friday night. So that did not happen. I woke up at like 1130. So needless to say, I didn't make drinks. 
<laughs> I did not make it. I was going to try to make it, people, but I did not make it. Um, who won? Did the gold? Gold won 17. Gold beat purple 17 to 3. Um, Warren Saba was the gold, uh, I guess, player of the game. And then Fernando no, Fry. No, both those guys were out. Um, oh, they were out. Yeah, they, they were the GMs. Um, yeah, so Warren, Warren Saba, friend of the podcast, uh, <laughs> Warren Saba, he, he, he picked a winner, man. And he, I mean, he didn't have some of the guys you would expect on offense, but he picked, he picked a good team. Um, I don't have all the rosters in front of me, but mm-hmm. um, from hearing what went on and seeing some videos and, and talking to some people that were there, it sounds like it was a damn good time. And already the one thing that I'll take away from this is it showed it, it showed the camaraderie. We said that last week that there was camaraderie being built inside the program, mm-hmm. and. I'll say that with how this uh, spring game went and seeing all, all the enthusiasm from the players and seeing how into it they were, it really built some excitement for this football season. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to see that. I'm excited that, that the Pirates are, are doing some big things. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I that that's what I'll say. Um looking at it, yeah, uh gold beat purple seventeen to three. Heck, purple had whole nailers and Rajay Harris on their team and they only got three points. That shows that Warren Saber, his defense was stacked. Um as, as you would expect from, from a safety um choosing the team. So But you don't find that a little bit alarming? I mean Whole Nailers went fifteen for seventeen passing. I, look, I so I, no, I, I know I, I know I know it's just a spring game. I know it's not that big of a deal. They're not out there actually, you know, hitting for real or playing for real. It's kind, they're kind of going 80 percent, if that. Um, but I would like to have seen them put up more than three points. Yeah, I, and I would too. But uh, to see that some of these other guys step up, Mason Garcia. Uh, I believe Ryan Stubblefield, they, I mean, they both threw for touchdown passes on, on team purple. So to see that, I mean, I, I think that's good. I mean, you, you never, especially when you break down a team in half and you give everybody a shot. I mean, it, it, you see some names that you don't, you don't expect to show up and, and that that's what happened on, on this spring game. And, mm-hmm. Like I said, whole nailers fifteen for seventeen, I believe, on passes, no interceptions. Um, just gonna get in the end zone. And I'm 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 trying to to me I don't I don't really ever take too much away from, from the spring game because of everything around it. I know they, they're not going that hard. To me, I like watching practices. I like I like being when they when they post those you know, practices from, you know, Coach Houston or Coach Harrell or whatever it is, when they post those videos on Twitter or on Instagram, seeing them in practice, seeing what they do on the day-to-day, because to me they go a lot harder in practice than they ever will in that, in that spring game. That's just for show. Um, I am very, very excited for the upcoming season. I can't really take too, too much away. I don't really know how we're going to look or how we're going to be. I definitely think we're going to be better 
than last season. I know the hunger is there. I know the passion is there. I know the camaraderie is there. But still, having all that doesn't result in wins sometimes. So very, very excited. Like, like, like I said before, I think those first three games of the season are really going to determine how we are as a, as a, as a football club. Um, but that's way down the line. We're still working. We're still progressing. We still have a lot to do. We look good right now. Um, but we play in a very hard conference, and uh, we're, we're, we're going to see. You know, we're absolutely going to see where we are in a, in a few months when everything ramps back up. And then being able to have a full spring, you know, spring practice, being able to get everybody in, not really having to deal with COVID as much, I think that really helped this squad out a lot, as it did everybody else in the nation. So we'll see. We'll definitely, we'll definitely see. But uh, anything else you got ECU-wise, Jared? Yeah, I want to say this about the spring game. Um, kind of going back to the enthusiasm around the around the game. And in the past, there hasn't been that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I've been to several spring games um, in the past. The the uh, pigskin, pig out, and all that. I What I'll say is, and maybe it's that we haven't had one in two years, like an actual one in two years with COVID and everything else going on. But I will say that it has it, – it, it's nice to see that there is some com- competitive spirit. It's good to see the um, the players really get into it. Um, I mean, I know there was a steak and shrimp dinner on the line. So <laughs> uh, that that's good to see that th- there's some stuff that the, t- the coaches are doing, but – they're, they're building a culture within the program, and that hasn't been there. Um, I mean, the spring game, it used to be offense versus defense. Now to have, like, an actual game. Right. Like, I mean, that, that's what you see from the quote-unquote big programs, right? Right. So it's good to see that with with, with what we've got going on right now. Um, it's good to see that we're actually having a purple versus gold. It's going to be a full game. You have to get to the – you got to get the first downs. You got to score. Yeah, the coaches are going to get in there and, and run some different op, 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 opportunities, options, whatever. They're, they're going to make the play happen that they want. But it gives, it gives the fans a chance to see these, te- these guys compete. Right. Act, like actually compete and it, it builds something that hopefully turns into more of a actual spring game as we go on, as we have more time with coach Houston, as we have more time with these guys that that way, when we get back and have everybody back in, in Dowdy Ficklin stadium uh, next year, hopefully with a spring game, hopefully then it'll be more competitive. It'll be, kind of the same thing as it was this year, but it'll be an official spring game where where we're actually seeing guys go out and compete and try to win. And it's not just offense versus defense. It's squad versus squad. I, I think it just makes for a better experience, not only for the players, not for, only for the coaches, but for the fans that are there, for the media. It, it, it does all of that. So um, kudos to the, to the coaching staff for doing this and for putting this together, um, it, it really shows that culture that I think we've been lacking since early in, in, in the roughing years. 
And just, and just, you know, touching on your point about competition and, and the hunger of it. I had a high school wrestling coach once say, your biggest competition should be in the locker room. You know, the guys that you Damn compete right, with, sure. the guys that you compete with every single day in practice, that should be your biggest competition. When you look at the Alabamas and the Clemsons and the Ohio States of the world, the reason why they go out and they win 10, 11, 12 games every single season is because they practice against guys that are way better than anyone they're ever playing. So your biggest competition should be in that locker room, the people that you see every single day. And so I love to see that. That is the kind of culture that we need. You know, I, I want to be able to compete alongside somebody that I know is pushing me harder than anybody I'm ever going to play against. So that's very, very big. And I, and I appreciate the coaches for doing that. Um, and, you know, the spring game was a huge success. And, uh, you know, like, like I said, we're going to see. We're going to see where we are. We're going to see where we're headed. And we're going to see how this unfolds come fall. But with that being said, I know this is not a long episode. We, we haven't had really too many long episodes as of late. Haven't had too, too much to talk about. But we do have Walk the Plank coming up. Jay Shaffit, do you have a Walk the Plank for this week? I do. And it just happened uh, tonight. Ooh. Uh, yeah. It, it's unfortunate. My Braves are struggling. A lot of injuries going on right now. Yeah, they are. Um, yeah, they are. What's going on? What's going on with Atlanta? Uh, I don't. I don't know. Talk about your city. Our 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 pitching staff isn't the greatest right now. We've got a like I said, a bunch of injuries. Max Fried's been hurt. Mike Soroka still sounds hasn't, like excuses to me. Still hasn't come back. I mean, it, it's not an excuse. You you got to go out there and execute. But uh, my walk the plank. It's kind of a reverse walk the plank. I don't really know what angle I want to go at this with. Um, one way I can go is telling the Braves to walk the plank. Another way I can go is telling MLB to walk the plank. Um, but I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just, I'm, I'm gonna give some love a little bit with my walk the plank. It's gonna be Madison Bumgarner. I mean. He, future Hall of Famer, dude. Dude has done everything there is to do um, as a pitcher in, in Major League Baseball. Um, what I'll what I'll say is, he had a no hit game, so he threw a no hitter today against the Braves. But it doesn't count. It doesn't <laughs> count. Why does it not count? <laughs> because to be an official no hitter, it has to be a nine inning game. Oh come on, Jay. So, you just mad. You just salty because you're a Braves fan, and he hit a no-no. So I'm not mad at him. My my Braves should have gotten a hit. So this isn't anything against him. It's a little bit. It's against the Braves, and it's against MLB. Um, do I agree that a seven inning game, no hitter, should be classified as a no hitter? Yes, that should go in the history books. Yes, he hit no. a no-no. It's no. a no-no. No. No, because okay, but did it, they, did they it, look? Was no. was it was it a was it a regulation game? It does the game does the game count, Jared? It was a regulation game. Does the game count? Answer my question. Does the game does. count? It does. Then, then you give it to him. It, it's in the we, history books. If we didn't have the ass hat that we have as <laughs> the MLB commissioner Rob Manfred, this is more of a Rob Manfred walk the damn plank because, and I've used him plenty of times. With his changes to the game, seven-inning doubleheaders, starting players on second during 
extra innings. That's not baseball. That's not baseball. You play baseball until the game is over, which is nine innings. And you, why, why do you just start with somebody on second base in extra innings? You don't do that in any other inning. My, me, my, my whole thing is, is Rob Manfred walked the damn plank because you're changing baseball too much. You should have given this guy an, an opportunity to get an actual no-hitter in a nine-inning game, which, who knows, the Braves could have got a hit in the eighth inning. You never know. We'll never on. know. Let me play devil's advocate real quick. If the roles were reversed, would you even bring this up? Would you even speak on this, or would you just be happy that one of your Braves pitchers had a no-no through seven innings, and you just would have left it at that? Would you, would you have even brought it up? Yeah, I would have brought it up. No. Yes, I would have. Because, I, once again, it, it would have been even probably more so because I think it's not – then it wasn't – Okay, you, you would have brought it up, but you would have praised it. I'm, I'm, pra- I'm not praising it. I would have um, – like I said, I'm praising ah, it. Look, look at you. Artie, let me, let me talk, man. <laughs> Madison Bumgarner, he had a lights-out day. He – it doesn't count in the record books. It's a no hitter. He can he knowing how he is, he probably wouldn't count it as a no hitter himself. Um, just how competitive he is. But right. but had it been a Braves pitcher, I would have probably been even more upset because they haven't had a no hitter in Lord knows how long. I believe it's like some four thousand games. Uh, uh, let me here. Let me. There's a, actually a Twitter account that keeps up with it. Let, Jay's, Jay's got to do his research real quick. Uh, let's see. Let's All see. I know is the Braves haven't had it's a, a no hitter. It's a in, regulation game, and the game the, counts. And he hit a no no, or he got a no no in a regulation game that counts. That's going in the history books. No, it doesn't. Technically, it doesn't go in the history books because Rob Manfred has changed the rules. It's not, we, will agree, we will agree to disagree on this one, Jack. Rob Manfred is the worst commissioner in all of sports. I I will agree I, on that. He sucks. Like, hate Roger Goodell as much as you want. Hate who is it? Adam Silver and nobody hates Adam Silver. Everybody no, I, Adam I, Silver. Adam, yeah, Adam Silver is actually really good. People hate Gary Bettman, NHL commissioner, but Rob Manfred, you can walk the damn plank because you're changing baseball too much. I'm I'm not even against the universal DH. Like I'm not one of those fans. Like if they want to do the universal DH, go ahead by all means. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think that changing the game, changing how changing how it goes for extra innings or double headers these changes don't need to don't need to happen like why why do we change a double header i i get it i get it kind of but i don't get it at the same time nine inning nine innings is a baseball game but because we have like i said asshat rob manfred <laughs> running the league he he's He's got things all messed up. So, yeah, Rob Manfred walked the damn plank. I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. Well, look, 
I and actually Artie, do have. Already, real quick. Go ahead. Go ahead. I would be even more upset if this had happened to a Braves pitcher. Like I said, they haven't had a no hitter in over forty two hundred games. And if this was the one shot that they had in, to get a no hitter, and it doesn't go in the record books, I would be fuming. I so I that's why I'm upset. And we this both could agree. very well happen to the Braves. We, we look. We both agree on Rob Manfred. He is doing a he call, shoddy, real shoddy job at he that called, commissioner. He called the commissioner's trophy the the trophy you win when you win the World Series. He called it a piece of metal. Called it a piece but, of metal. Isn't that what, what it is? Yeah, but to, it would be technical. Isn't that what it is? But to guys that spend their whole life, no, I know, I know, perfecting the. I mean, what what would you? I mean. What would you say if Roger Goodell said the Lombardi Trophy, all it is is a piece of metal? Right. That's that's disrespect. That's just absolute I mean, disrespect. Th- there would be riots in the street mm-hmm. for De- – Depending on who won, yeah. There, there would, but there would be riots in the street if Gary Bettman, the NHL commissioner, called Lord, oh, Stanley, yeah. Lord Stanley Trophy the hardest trophy to win in all of sports. Don't come at me with any other bullshit. Because we all know that it, that's correct. I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you have your soapbox. So, had Gary Bettman called Lord Stanley Cup the hardest trophy to win in all of sports, one of the most glorious trophies, the the best trophy in my opinion in all of sports. It's an all right looking trophy. It's too big. It's, it's too, too big. Artie, there's it's guys. Too big. There's guys that have it's, separated it's pretty. shoulders. There's it's guys, pretty. But it's too big. There's guys that have separated shoulders that fight and claw their whole lives to try to win this, win the Stanley Cup. And when they have a separate like, shoulder and they, they're not, they can't do anything else, they can lift this 35-pound beautiful trophy called the Stanley Cup. There's no other trophy that has as much tradition in all of sports as the Stanley Cup. I, I will agree with that, but don't they put every champion's name on the cup as well? Like, doesn't it keep rising and rising and rising? So, yes, every Stanley Cup champion goes on the cup. Like, like what's going to happen in 50 to 100 years? So, you, got a, you got a 10-foot trophy. No, like, no, that's not how it works. In, in about, I think it's in about eight or nine years, the first team will come off. They're, well, that's disrespect. What are they going to do then? The They'll they'll be immortalized in in Toronto in the Hall of Fame. Aren't they already in the Hall of Fame? Yes, but they'll they'll take that they'll take that ring of the Stanley Cup and they'll put it in the Hall of Fame, and then they'll keep doing that. Okay. So that that's that's how it will be, and all I know is my Carolina Hurricanes will be on there for a damn long time. I'm, look, I'm, I'm rooting for the Canes. I'm not going to lie to you. As, as a Hawks fan, and I know that we're not going – we're going nowhere fast. I am rooting for the Canes, and I hope they make a strong run, if not win the damn thing, because um, I know you're very, very excited about your Canes. And getting back to Rob Manfred, walk the damn plank. Yes. But switching sides a little bit, I think my walk the plank, and I actually do have a walk the plank for the very first time in a long time that I Usually actually thought about. Give- 
Usually I have to give these to Artie. Yes, Jared usually has to give me my walk to plank because I just I never have a walk to plank. <laughs> but today, this week's episode, my walk to plank is America's sweetheart. He's a Michigan man. He goes by the name of Tom Brady. I don't know if anybody's ever heard of this guy named Tom Damn. Brady. Wow. But and here's third, the reason third why. best quarterback in, in the NFC South. Sh- shut up, Jared. Here's, here's, here's the reason why. So the NFL just had this new rule where they will allow running backs and wide receivers to go to single digit numbers, which is something I've always thought they should have done because it brings a high school college football feel back to it. It kind of, you know, it makes it a little bit more fun. Wide receivers and running backs should be able to have single digit numbers anyway. Tom Brady took offense to that, came out on Twitter, had a little tirade, came out and said, well, if you're going to do that, why don't you let linemen wear whatever the hell they want to wear? Yada, 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 yada. Why do quarterbacks only have these kind of certain numbers? Tom, you're a seven-time Super Bowl champion. You've been in the league for 30,000 years. People really just want you to go at this point. But we know you're going to stay for another 10 years, probably win another two, two more Super Bowls. Whoop Matt Ryan's ass in the NFC South a couple more times because we know that's going to happen. But I, I took offense to what Brady said because this should happen. This should have happened for a long, long time. It's a no-brainer. Receivers and running backs should be able to wear single-digit numbers in the NFL. Like I said, it brings a little flair back to it. Derrick Henry's probably going to go back to his old you know, number at Alabama. Julio Jones probably going to go back to his old number. Odell Beckham's going to go back to three. I, just, I feel like it, there's, there's tradition to it. There's camaraderie in it. You know, these guys, a number in football, I don't know how this is in any other sport, but like, the number you, you pick in high school is usually what you go in college, and it has a certain meaning to it. And the number you have in college is usually what you want to go to when you go to the pros. There's a certain meaning in your number. There's a certain reason why you have that number. And so I'm very, very happy that Roger Goodell did this. And Tom Brady, stop being a diva, shut the hell up, and walk the damn plank. I'm always for Tom Brady walking the damn plank. Um, <laughs> and I like Tom. He's a Michigan man. I like Tom. But he needs to go on somewhere. He's got seven rings. Go on somewhere. Go One, kiss your kids in the mouth or something like that, you know? Because I know that's what he does. Yeah, he, he, he's strange. But uh, one of my favorite facts of all time is that his wife, Giselle, is worth so much more money than he is. Of course she is. She's an international superstar. Like, you would never She's like one of the greatest that. models of all time. But uh, – Already talking about a man that was drafted 199th overall. Um, you and I, we, we discussed and we decided this week we are going to do our mock draft. We're going to do, do a one-year or a first-round mock draft, um, and we'll put it out. It'll come out before, it'll come out before the, the draft comes out on Thursday or the, the draft starts on Thursday night. Um, so stay tuned for that. We're going to be doing that. We'll, uh, we'll have our picks. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we all know who's going to go number one. Obviously. And if he doesn't, that'd be the greatest shock in NFL history. So Num- number one overall from East Carolina university, Jake Verity <laughs> kicker from ECU. To the Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> that, that's not a shot at Jake Verity. I'm, I'm expecting him to get drafted in, in the seventh round or so. We could use him in Chicago. I know that. Yeah, I know we're, that. We're, we're we're good at we're good at kicker for a little bit at, in Atlanta, so I'm good. But 
All right, Artie, any final thoughts? Oh, you know, honestly, I, I really don't have too, too much outside of the norm, you know, wash your hands, wash your butt. People, we are not out of this pandemic yet. Get your vaccines. If you, if, if you are educated and you're enlightened and you know what's going on, go get your vaccines. If you don't want to get your vaccine, then, you know, you're a grown ass man or woman. That's, that's your choice. But stay healthy, stay safe. And until uh, next week, Pirate Nation. Yeah, I don't have anything other than that. Um, Pirate Nation, we love you. And we out. Deuce.